Hello, I'm Emily Hawthorne, a Middle East and North Africa analyst at RAIN. This podcast is brought to you by RAIN Worldview, the premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Subscribe today at stratfor.com. Welcome to RAIN's Essential Geopolitics Podcast. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for joining us. Iran, the United States, and major world powers appear to be inching toward a deal to resume compliance with the 2015 Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, also known as the JCPOA. Can we expect an agreement? Well, here with analysis is Matthew Bay, RAIN's Senior Global Analyst. Welcome, Matthew. Thank you, Emily. How have negotiations progressed over the last few weeks? Yeah. So over the last few weeks, we have seen um, the U.S. and Iran sit down with um, different parties of the so-called P4 plus one. So that's United Kingdom, Russia, France, Germany, and China. Now, we've seen those negotiations happening now for a couple of weeks, and we've seen a lot of positive statements coming from from Western diplomats and even Russian diplomats basically saying that they think a deal is possible, um, however, there needs to be a political decision taken by Iran um, or that there might be a possible deal and most of the issues have been resolved by by the middle of March. We've also seen um, Iran come out and say, while progress has been made, however, they're all making the same kind of statement basically saying, though, that there is a, a need for the U.S. Um, to make a, a political decision to rejoin the JCPOA. Um, so we've actually seen at least positive comments. If you would have looked at the way that negotiations were going um, in late uh, in late 2021 and early uh, January, we weren't even getting that level of optimism. I know it doesn't sound like much to be saying things like we think a deal is possible or we think that there's being progress being made, but there are still some outstanding issues. That is still better than what we saw um, in, in, in December when basically U.S. officials are saying we need to have a negotiation being settled soon, sooner rather than later because of Iran's rapid advancement of its nuclear program. So at least the optics around a deal is showing at least there's being some progress. And it does appear at least slightly likely that there might be a deal possible within the next um, you know, few months. Matthew, what might be the main sticking points that remain in these negotiations? Yeah, there are several significant sticking points. And this is why there is still a distinct possibility that the negotiations could fall apart without a deal. Um, one of them is the uh, scope of sanctions relief um, that the United States would be giving towards Iran and Iranian entities. One of the things that Iran has been demanding is essentially that all sanctions um, being that have been put into place since the U.S. left the JCPOA in 2018 be uh, suspended, removed, or lifted, I think is the word that Iran typically uses. Now, for the U.S., they're willing to do this on, on, a, on, a, on a large basis where uh, they are willing to put back into place all of the sanctions waivers that were re- related to Iran's nuclear program um, in the 2015 JCPOA. However, since then, the U.S. has put into place a lot of sanctions that are against Iranian officials or Iranian entities that are for human rights violations or or terrorism-related offenses. These are things where the U.S. may not be as willing to to relax some of those sanctions, U.S. officials last year did say that all sanctions would be on the table in the sense of um, they will be willing to look at some of those sanctions that were related to human rights and terrorism abuses to then maybe consider lifting them as long as if that is something that is necessary for a deal. Um, But the reason why Iran thinks this is important is because if you look at some of the entities that are on that have been sanctioned, 
One of them is actually Iranian President Ibrahim Raisi. He was sanctioned for human rights violations at the time he was the, the country's uh, head of the judiciary. Um, so they're obviously going to want the sanctions against the president being removed. Um, the third issue that, that is a sticking point is exactly what to do with some of the stuff that's been going on with Iran's nuclear program. While going back to the JCPOA and some of the limits around enrichment is something that is probably the easier things to agree with, Iran has actually been building up its ability to rapidly grow its nuclear program pretty substantially over the last couple of years. They've been installing more advanced uh, centrifuges. Iran has been wanting to, um, in the negotiations, been wanting to ensure that those more advanced centrifuges are kept in Iran. The U.S. and the West have been demanding that some of those centrifuges be shipped out of Iran and dismantled. Um for Iran, that's not really something that they want to back because they want some sort of protection against whether or not the U.S. were to leave the JCPOA again um, a couple of years down the road if, say, President Trump returns in 2024 elections. They would want to have those centrifuges and other uh, equipment in Iran still so they could rapidly escalate if the JCPOA is no longer a thing again. So they're kind of, you know, protecting against that. And then the third thing, is directly, you know, actual legitimate concrete guarantees against a U.S. exit. One of the things that Iran has been demanding is that the U.S. give a legal or some sort of a treaty guarantee to not leave the JCPOA again. Of course, there's a fat chance of that here in the United States. The Republicans and the Democrats, not all of them are, are supportive of the Biden administration's approach to negotiating with Iran. So that seems unlikely. And the Biden administration says that it can't, and, and quite frankly, it's right, it can't speak for any other uh, future administrations. So the U.S. has been pushing back against that and has been saying that, oh, well, the Biden administration is guaranteeing that it won't leave the JCPOA um, unless there's a major uh, violation by Iran. The U.S. has also been saying that it might be willing to issue some sort of a letter to financial institutions, at least giving them some sort of a uh, financial guarantee that they won't be sanctioned for some of their, their activities that they might restart with Iran. This is a very sticky issue. Even even in the last week, we have seen Iran's foreign minister even propose some sort of a joint resolution by U.S. Congress to kind of give a guarantee. But again, like I said, that's not really realistic. Um, Iran, if they want to have a deal or they're, they're going to have to weaken this commitment, it's just not logistically possible for the U.S. president, Biden administration, to really give a stronger guarantee other than I promise you. Well, I assume that makes it critical for the Biden administration to negotiate something as quickly as possible to demonstrate to Iran that perhaps it might be worth its while? There's a couple of things that, that, that is looking at the timeline as to why a deal probably needs to be negotiated sooner rather than later. Um, one, as I mentioned before, um, the rapid advancement of Iran's nuclear program um, is a significant concern for the United States. Um, so if we're talking about, um, you know, not concluding a deal, you know, over the next couple of months, you're talking about Iran even moving even closer to having enough uh, nuclear material material to build a bomb if it, if it wants to. Um, that's, of course, a huge concern for the U.S. And U.S. officials have been saying that if the U.S. and Iran do not reach a deal relatively quickly, maybe the JCPOA isn't the answer to our problems, at least in its current form. Maybe the U.S. will have to demand further concessions from Iran on its nuclear program moving forward. That will be a very hard sell back in, in Tehran. Maybe the U.S. will consider increased sanctions against Iran's nuclear program as a, res as a result of higher activity. Um, so all those things are, of course bad and not conducive to actually concluding a deal, but the U.S. may feel compelled to take those steps um, in the coming weeks if we do not see a deal by the end of March, as an example. Now, from the Iranian perspective, there is at least some sense of urgency in the sense of Iran is looking at the, the U.S. political calendar and realizing that um, midterms are coming up in the U.S. 
Um, and it's likely that the Republicans will regain control of at least one of the houses of U.S. Congress, if not both. Um, and then uh, is, there is a distinct possibility that a Republican does return to the, the White House uh, in 2025 after, after uh, presidential elections in 2024. Um, so they will be looking at that as likely having driving a harder policy uh, against Iran than what they're currently experiencing right now. And even if they think that the a future U.S. president may leave the JCPOA, it might be in Iran's interest to reach an agreement sooner rather than, than later, just so they have, you know, two years or a year and a half or two and a half years of sanctions relief before that next president comes in to kind of stabilize their economic environment. Matthew Bay is the senior global analyst at Rain. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. Stay ahead of developments with Iran and the JCPOA with Rain Worldview. Visit stratfor.com to subscribe. Right now we're having a special offer. Learn about it at stratfor.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening.